The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Such a privilege to come to your church. I love your... Lewis, you're here. <laughs> I won't say anything, Lewis. Just say it. <laughs> Pastor Dash is going, say it, say it. He's the walking wounded this morning, aren't you, Lewis? Thanks to soccer. But you made it. If you were playing cricket, it probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> wrong season, wrong season. Really? Can I mention New Zealand black caps, top of the table? Okay. Enough said. We don't want the Holy Spirit to leave the room. Okay. <laughs> it's so wonderful to be with you, and I do love your church. I have such fond memories of my time with you last. And, you know, some churches take up a little space in your heart, and your church is one of those churches. Truly it is. I do. I love your heart. I love your attentiveness to your community, and I love the way that you passionately seek God, God's purposes for this part of Sydney. And um, for me, that is just lovely. I love your senior pastors. Really love and appreciate Lewis and his wife. You're always so warm and welcoming. So it's good to be home. Pastor John and Anne, um, I feel like home here. It's not home. I'm at Life Source. That's my home. And Pastor John and Anne Juliano send their love and regards to you as a church and to you both as well. I know I've passed that on, but they specifically asked me if I would send their love to you. And of course, my husband says hello. And I do have my daughter here with me. She's not going to like me doing this. But this is my daughter, Charlotte or Lottie. So it's wonderful to be here. But actually, you know, it's actually wonderful to be here to speak on this wonderful friend of mine called the Holy Spirit. And I can't tell you how much I love him. He is such a dear friend to me. He is everything to me. He is my strength. He is my rock. He is my constant companion. And I know when he walks with me, I know when he's happy, and I know when he's sad. I know when he's grieved, I know when he is troubled, and I know when he speaks to me and draws me closer to the Father in different aspects of my spiritual life. I can't do anything without him. I can't. I sit on the front row and I, I close my eyes and I, I never come up and stand behind a pulpit and just take it for granted that I can share a message and God is going to be here. I'm always constantly stilling my heart and asking him, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? How would you have me to conduct myself, Holy Spirit? Because I know that he is the one who builds the church. He is the one that engages us and walks alongside us and breathes life into everything that we do. And this morning, above everything, I pray that your heart is re-engaged deeper and stronger to connect with the person of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was just sharing with Pastor Hillary before the service started about, you know, how much my heart, even as I'm studying again afresh, the Holy Spirit, my heart is revived again about my dependence on Him and my need for Him. So this morning, I want to take you through some foundational scriptures that we're going to be looking at together. I'd love for you to turn with me to Genesis 1, verse 1. 
And I'm going to read it through to verse 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. I'd love you to come through with me to Acts chapter 1. And verse 4. And while Jesus was staying with the disciples, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at the same time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the promise that is written within this book and this amazing, the word of God, that you have sent your spirit, that you have sent your spirit and released him upon the earth to infill us, to baptize us, and to release us and to send us and commission us to the uttermost parts of the earth. We thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. My friend, I ask that you would be released here. My friend, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do only what you can do in this meeting. And Father, right now we stand against everything that wants to oppose the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we render it powerless in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that Jesus' name reigns supreme over every sickness, over every disease, over every spiritual stronghold here in this meeting. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that straight away God begins to indicate to us in Genesis 1 that he is not just one. He begins to indicate to us that there are many, there are different parts to God. In Genesis 1, he says this, he says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. We begin to see that God is alluding to us that there is more to him than just him. And he begins to unravel the mystery to us right from out at the beginning in Genesis 1 of the Trinity, the triune, three, one but three, three parts to who God is. And in Isaiah, we see it again where he says, Isaiah the prophet says, reiterates what God said to him when God says, who shall I send and who will go for, not me, but us. God throughout scripture indicates the truth of God being God, but yet being three. The ongoing revelation of scripture, and it's a beautiful ongoing revelation throughout scripture, 
is being given that there are three distinct persons within the Godhead, but each of them being God. So to negate the person of the Holy Spirit is to negate God. To leave him out of our lives and to lead him out of who we are as believers and in our church is to leave out who God, a part of who God is or to leave out God. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He is very much a part of the Trinity. We have God the Father. We have God the Son. And we have God the Holy Spirit. But I love how beautifully in Genesis 1, God, the first person that he introduces to us, the believer, is the Holy Spirit. It's the first person that he illuminates to him through, to us through Scripture. It is the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1. But the Holy Spirit plays so many roles. So many roles in our lives. We see the first role that the Holy Spirit played in Scripture was that he hovered over the waters and hovered over the darkness. And I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit is hovering over our meeting this morning. And I believe this morning that God is literally going to turn darkness to light. And I believe that literally... We're going to transition. Many of you are going to transition into a whole new season with God and a whole new experience with God. And you know what? As I was praying on the front row, I really felt the Holy Spirit um, ask me to share something with you as a church and um, especially to the leadership team. I felt like the Holy Spirit and Pastor Dash and, and Pastor Hillary, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me a picture of the journey that you're on as a church. And you were in a very confined space and you felt the confinement. You felt like where, how, but you can see where God is taking you. But the Holy Spirit says to you, I'm, I, there's a restriction that you're feeling in him. And God says not to be afraid of that. And I really, I don't know if there's any elders or in the room here, but I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to you that there are things that God has been placing in your heart that you've been discussing. And the Holy Spirit says to ride the season because as you come through this very narrow place and you make decisions, don't make decisions in the narrowest place. Make decisions about what you see because the Holy Spirit says that you're coming into a very broad, expansive place. It's almost like a funnel. You're in the neck of the funnel and then all of a sudden you're gonna find yourself in a very expansive place as a church. And God's going to transition you into your dreams and into your purposes. And I, I sense, you know, um, Dash, I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you this morning. That when you're weak, He is strong. When you feel like you haven't got enough, God says you have enough. When God says you feel like you're um, down and struggling and you would feel like, where's my place? The Holy Spirit says, I have a, a place for you. And I really feel the Holy Spirit says, you just follow what's in your heart and God's going to boom. And you're going to go, yep, I'm here, here I am. There's something that the Holy Spirit's working on in your life right now and God says, it's a good season, it's the right season. And as you transition, you're going to find the blessing and the favor of God just multiplied upon your life. Doors are going to open that are incredible and people are going to go, whoa. And God's going to say, 
You don't know how you don't know the price that this woman's paid to get there. Does that make sense to you, folk? Yeah. Bless you guys. So the Spirit of the Lord is hovering because he wants to take darkness to light and he wants to bring us into new seasons in him and he wants to bring us into a new day in him. Amen. I don't know about you, but I think the best days are ahead of the church. But they're not ahead because we run great programs. The best days of the church are not ahead because we have the greatest marketing team, even though I love marketing. I have a son who's into marketing and branding and art direction. It's not because we have the best musicians. It's not because we have the greatest singers. It's not because we have the best buildings. Do you know what is the key to bringing the church into the new days that are ahead for it? It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that broods. He's the one that carries the word of God and brings change in situations. And church, we need him. Come on, let's just, can we just lift and let's just lift our hearts in faith and let's just thank him and let's just clap and just praise Jesus. Come on, church, let's just thank Jesus. Thank the Holy Spirit. who he is. Thank you. You know, the Holy Spirit is very gentle. He's very kind and he's very gracious. And he, he rests quietly, but he rests where he's honored. And this morning, I just want us in our hearts as we move to talk about him, I want us to give him honor. I want us to, in our hearts, make a place for him because he never, ever forces himself upon people. He's a gentleman. It's one of the key attributes of the Holy Spirit. You know what? And if, you, if your heart is open to him, he is running to you. But if you're feeling like, you know, then, you know, he won't push himself upon our hearts today. But I want to encourage you, just open your heart to him. You might be frightened of him. You may not have experienced the Holy Spirit before. Do not fear because he is gracious and he is kind and he is loving. This morning, the Holy Spirit revives and he regenerates him. We're just going to talk about some of the things that the Holy Spirit does and why he is so valid in our lives and in our churches today. The Holy Spirit has limitless power, friends, yes. and wisdom, and yet he chooses to live within us once we have accepted Christ as his personal Savior. It is the first infilling that we receive upon conversion through as the Holy Spirit. In John 3 verse 5, we see Jesus was conversing with Nicodemus and he said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who opens our heart and imparts divine life and then he dwells and abides within us. You know, legalism is living Christianity. Religion and legalism is living our faith free without the Holy Spirit. But Christianity is living our lives with the Holy Spirit. Upon conversion, he enters into our lives, breathing new life into our spiritual barrenness. He hovers. Do you know God is hovering over the whole entire Australia right now? Waiting to move on our behalf. All of that, all of all that the Holy Spirit does conversion and regeneration is the most precious. The Holy Spirit brings us power. In Luke 24 verse 49, Jesus promises the disciples that they would be clothed with power from on high. We cannot confine the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit cannot be boxed in. 
If we dare to invite the Holy Spirit to empower us, we can expect that the Holy Spirit will operate through us to the same level of the early church and more. You know what, friend? Jesus said to us before he ascended, he said to his disciples, and he says to us, you know what? Greater works will you do than I did because I go to my Father. Why? Because when Jesus ascended to his Father, the Holy Spirit was released again upon the earth. We see he was released at creation, and he, we see he was released at the ascension of Jesus to the Father. He knew that when he left, he had to go so that the comforter could come, so that the Holy Spirit could come. And the Holy Spirit is still present here across the face of the earth. He is omnipresent, he is all-knowing, and he is everywhere. So the Holy Spirit brings us power so that we can be his witnesses, as we talked about, as I read again in Acts 1, so that we can be his witnesses and we can bring the light and the life of the gospel to people around about us. The Holy Spirit guides us. In John 2 verse 27, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Jesus says, I am the way and I am the truth. You see, people want to know all about Jesus in religion, but it leads to intellectualism. But when you want to know about Jesus partnered with the Holy Spirit, it leads you into truth. And truth is freeing. Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So the truth that Jesus brings to our life is brings freedom. He leads us into all truth. Romans 8 verse 14 says, for we, for all who are being led by the Spirit are the sons of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be a daughter of God. I want to be a daughter of God and I want to raise up sons and daughters of God in, in, in across the church. And so I know I need the Holy Spirit to lead me. If you're a leader here, if you're leading a connect group, whatever capacity, and I'm not just talking about leadership in church, I'm talking about leadership in business, I'm talking about leadership. If you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, I love the fact that there are lots of nurses. I come from a nursing background. Like literally everybody in my family, that we're all nurses. It's quite weird. Um, so you wanna hear conversations around the dinner table and nurses will relate to this. If you're married to a nurse, it can be quite embarrassing sometimes. But you know what? Wherever you are, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you. Do you know the amount of times I've been in situations as a minister, as a pastor, as a nurse, as a mother, as a friend, as a, as a relative, where the Holy Spirit has just dropped something into my heart and I've gone, oh, hang on. And I've actioned what I felt the Holy Spirit has said and it's been the game changer in so many situations. You know, one of the things I think we need to learn to do as Christians is to listen to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, he's not, I've never heard him yell. Now, some people, if you're spiritual enough to have heard the audible voice of God, I am, I'm so, that is awesome. I have never heard the audible voice of God, but I have felt the nudges of the Holy Spirit on a very regular basis. And he will just place an impression upon your life and upon your heart. It might be, that's a no-go zone, or it might be, that's a go zone, or that might be, be careful. That might be, don't go that way, or it might be, buy this, or don't buy that, or it might be, apply for that job, or don't apply for that job. You know, it might be, this is not the right way to go. This is not the right person to marry. 
In fact, that's a word for someone in the room. Be careful who you align your heart with because the enemy is after hearts. He's after hearts because he knows that out everything flows out of the heart. And if he can place your heart in the wrong place, he can start to contaminate and cause disease to creep into our hearts that is not of God. So where you align your heart is so crucially important in life. And I want to encourage you with that, whoever that is um, about today. So the Holy Spirit guides us. We have access to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We receive his power through prayer, through the word of God and through fellow believers. The Holy Spirit knows all things. He sees past, present and future. As Christians, we need to learn to discern and follow his voice. And as I said before, his subtle nudgings. The Holy Spirit brings unity. I love this. In Acts 2, verse 1 to, 40, 1 to 47, you can read this in your own time. We see the effect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was this, that it unified the church. They continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And what they were talking about in this scripture is koinonia. Fellowship was koinonia. This is a profound concept that we, I, I just feel in my heart, you know, I just sat here for such a long time while I was preparing. The power of koinonia, the power of fellowship, the power of unity, friends. I don't think we've even scratched the surface of the power of koinonia that God wants to bring to the church. It's, it means partnership. It means a knitting and a binding together. Koinonia cannot be artificially created. We cannot manufacture koinonia. It's quite a cool word that, eh? Koinonia. It's even more fun to spell. Koinonia cannot be artificially created. It is a supernatural gift that the Holy Spirit brings to his church. Friends, do you know, God says, where there is unity, he commands the blessing even life forevermore. You know, we, as, as we grow in the Holy Spirit, as we embrace the Holy Spirit, koinonia comes. Unity comes. This is why I believe we need to fight for unity. Because if we have unity, we have koinonia. Anyone ever been through a time where you've needed the koinonia, the fellowship that the church of Jesus Christ can bring to you? You know, I think about my life, I think about times in my life where I, we, you know, my husband and I were in crisis, we had some very sad news, or we had things that we were going through. I can't tell you what it meant to us and to our family to have koinonia. Someone getting on a phone and saying, are you okay? Someone bringing over a meal because they love you and they value, because they understand the power of fellowship, of unity. It is love that is spread abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Friends, you know how you know that you are encountering the Holy Spirit? It's because you feel the love of God. If you don't feel the love of God, you have not encountered the Holy Spirit. If you're talking to someone and they are harshly judging you, they are condemning you, you have not encountered the Holy Spirit. I'm currently writing a book and I was speaking to a, a publisher or someone from a publishing company that I've been working with and uh, I had a very difficult conversation with a lady yesterday. So it was funny, I'd been soaking myself in koinonia and then I had a very difficult conversation that was actually very distressing to me and it really upset me a lot. And I, I just came away feeling so condemned. 
and it wasn't even about my writing. It, I felt condemned about who I was as a person. And it was, a, it was horrendous. And I, I felt that I had to live out what I was about to preach. That I had to choose koinonia. That I had to choose, yep, not everyone in our Christian faith practices koinonia. Not everyone embraces this part of what the Holy Spirit brings to his church. But it doesn't mean that I have to not embrace it. It doesn't matter what happens in life, we still have to embrace this part of the Holy Spirit that he brings to us, which is unity, fellowship, commitment to one another, and to keeping one another strong. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. The psalmist says, I cried to the Lord and he healed me. In Romans 8 verse 26, the Spirit comes on us and he helps us in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit, friends, is our comforter. He says in John 14 verse 16 to 18, Jesus promises us that he will send us a comforter. That's how we know when we're going through things that we don't expect in life. We don't walk alone, friends. We walk with a comforter who loves us who brings us courage and brings us strength. The Holy Spirit expresses us himself to us in so many beautiful ways, each relevant to where you're at right now. You know, the Holy Spirit is so aware of who we are, where we are, and what we're going through. The Holy Spirit expresses himself so many different ways throughout Scripture. He expresses himself as rain. In Joel 2, verse 23 to 29, he is rain, which means he loves to pour himself over us, and bring refreshing. Some of you here this morning, you need to know the Holy Spirit like a rain that's pouring over you. He's like a river. You know, when I was a little girl in New Zealand, I grew up in a little country town and we used to grab big tires and jump into rivers and roar away down rivers. I don't know how we, none of us drowned or received any major injuries, but the force of the river was unbelievable. Rivers are forceful things. They shape landscapes. They transitions, countries. People dwell around rivers. People settle around rivers. The Holy Spirit is a river. In John 7, verse 37 to 39, he opens rivers over you. He is a wind. In Acts 2, verse 3, he breathes wind and life into you. He is oil. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21, he anoints you with oil. When we are in unity, that there is a prerequisite to that. Wine, he fills you with his holy wine in Ephesians 5 verse 18. He is fire. In Acts 2 verse 3, he refines us and he changes us with his fire. He is a dove. He is gentle. He is kind. He is loving. And he loves Jesus. In Matthew 3, verse 16, he sends the Holy Spirit to come and descend upon you. And this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to hover and he's going to descend upon people. And he's going to touch your life. He is the unsung hero of our lives. He is unassuming. He is gentle. He is ever-present. And he is ever-loving. He convicts us of sin. He challenges us when we are doing wrong. And he embraces us always through every part of our lives. He does not point towards humanity. He never leads us towards other humans. He continually leads us back to to Jesus Christ and the Jesus in each other. The Holy Spirit is kind and tender, yet strong and powerful. He always carries the heart of the Father to the hearts of believers. 
And he continues to make Jesus real to us on a moment by moment basis. His job is to reveal Jesus to us. That is his primary purpose upon the earth today, is to reveal Jesus to you and to reveal Jesus to the people outside of faith. How much do we need him? Do you know what? I I would dare to say we need him more than what we even know we need him. We know we need him, but I don't think we know, we'll potentially know on this side of eternity how much we've needed him. And I think that the more, when we actually settle it in our hearts, and I settle it in my heart, I've settled it in my heart afresh again last night before I came and spoke to you because I can't speak to you about this person, the Holy Spirit, unless I've resettled it in my heart how much I need him. And I'm telling you, I'm on a fresh journey of pursuing him. So thank you for asking me to speak. Do we rely on him enough? I don't think so. In Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit was brooding, hovering over the waters. And today, as I said before, he is brooding and hovering over us. He is a rushing, violent wind and tongues of fire settled upon the disciples. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is, he brings new life. He brought new life both at the start of the Old Testament and at the birth of the church. There were two great moments that he appeared at the start of the earth and at the birth of the church. And he has never stopped wanting to come and turn up upon our lives. There is nothing that you have done. There is nothing that you have said. There is no place that you've found your feet where the Holy Spirit isn't ready to come and meet you at. In Acts 1, Jesus says, as we read before, you will receive, if the musicians could come, you will receive my power and my ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Why would we not have him? Why would we not, why would we intellectualize him away? You cannot intellectually comprehend a spiritual, such a hugely incredible part of the Godhead. You cannot put him into a box and allow religion to control him. He is uncontrollable, not in an uncontrollable, horrible way. But his love is relentless, and that's what makes him uncontrollable. Not anger, not harshness, not judgment, even though there is a facet of him that does, that will potentially, will outwork that across the face of the earth when he leaves. But God is relentlessly pursuing you and pursuing us so that he can infill us and touch our lives again and touch our lives afresh. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you're not in relationship with him, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're not in relationship with Him, this is your day, this is your time to allow the Holy Spirit to make Jesus real to you. You see, I can't make Jesus real to you, but the Holy Spirit can. And all I'm going to do is just say, would you allow the Holy Spirit to make Jesus real to you today? And if you would like to allow the Holy Spirit to make the person of Jesus Christ real to you and His love for you and the power of the cross real to you, I'd just love you to pop up your hand. I'm going to see your hand. 
I'm going to acknowledge it. And someone is going to, we're going to pray. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else this morning? You might be away from God. You know that your heart is cold to God and you need God to be your fire this morning. Pop up your hand. We're going to pray. If that's you, you're not in relationship with God. You were, but you're not now. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. The Holy Spirit's here to touch you and to reconnect you back to God. That's His role. Just let Him do that. If you're here, just pop up your hand. Thank you, sir. You're a very brave young man. Church, let's pray. Pray with me. If you put, put your hand up, pray with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to, for, to forgive me for living my life without you. Holy Spirit, lead me to Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for all the things I have done wrong. I now commit my life to you. I choose now to live for you. Amen. Let's just be still. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Let's just be still in His presence. God's here. The Holy Spirit is moving in people's lives. If you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're sick, I'd love to pray for you. If you're here this morning, you just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, a fresh infilling of God's presence. I'd love to pray for you. As the musicians play, I want you to come, and I want you to come quickly. I know that you're going to go and have a coffee soon at 10.30, but I want you to come. If that's you this morning, let's all stand together. God is here. Ma'am in the black jacket, you're just about to walk out. You, you. God wants to speak to you. You're searching, you're looking. God wants, God loves you. More than anything, He wants you to know this morning that He loves you. The Holy Spirit has been moving on your life the whole time, but not because He's against you, but purely because He loves you and His plans and His purposes for you are good. There's been pain, there's been let down, there's been anguish and misunderstanding. And God says, I know the questions you have. God says, if you trust Him, He will bring you the answers. Just if, He wants to encourage you to engage with Him. He loves you. I really, really like you. You're a good person. And God knows it too. Bless you. You can, if you need to go. But I just wanted to bring that word to you. Come on, church. I know there's more people. If you're here and you need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit, you need God to heal you, restore you, just come. Don't be afraid. Just come. I'd love to pray with you. 
Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.